0: Praise the Lord, what a wonderful time of musical worship. You know, we worship in many forms, which is why I say it that way each time. I don't wanna just say it was wonderful worshiping as if that's the only way to worship, right? Lots of ways to worship the Lord. Well, welcome here to King of Kings. We're so happy you're back. Family, welcome home. We wanna welcome all of our visitors. Tonight in the house, we welcome you. We welcome everyone watching online as well. Welcome Kings Community Live, Facebook Live, YouTube, other platforms around the world. Welcome to the King of Kings in Jerusalem. It uh, has been a wonderful week. It's about to be another wonderful week. Let me welcome a couple of special guests and friends today as well. We have uh, some friends in from Brazil today, James and Elaine, Danila, thank you guys for being here today. I know we're meeting later in the week, so bless you. I look forward to our time. Bernie, you're here. Bless you, my friend, and your family back in Austria as well. So happy to have you guys at the same time. We have dear friends Gideon and Ute. Thank you guys for being here from India. We bless you uh, today as well. And uh, Just dear friends, longtime friends of the ministry the Adams family, thank you guys for being here from Texas. We bless you. Now there's people watching all over the world. I won't mention everybody, but I did notice in the stream that they just put out. Groups watching from the Dominican Republic and and Poland today. India is online today as well. So, welcome everybody from around the world. Now, I mentioned last week we had a great week. We had a a, a young leaders dinner. Uh, Then we had the Shabbat dinner in the park. We haven't done that for a long time. It was great for everybody that came out, but I wanted to say thank you to some special people to help us put that on. For the leadership dinner, we wanted to thank Vako and Ula for hosting us. Thank you guys for hosting us and cooking and putting up with us for so long. Uh, It was a great time with the young men. And Then on Friday night uh, in the park, uh, Pastor Mike and, and Stefano And Pastor Derek, along with Vako and Ula again, and others, Wilbur, helped us to serve and prepare everything. So thank you guys for doing that, making it a wonderful, special Shabbat meal for us as well. So thank you again. And again, I mentioned Vako and Ula again. Isn't that interesting? And then we have new cameras today. You'll see two new cameras in front, one on the side, one in the back. And thank you, Vako, again, a third time. Vako, this guy is everywhere. Can we actually give a really good, warm thank you to Pastor Vako? We appreciate your brother. Especially you folks. Is he right there? I see him. Yeah. Thank you, Vako. And for everybody watching online, send some love to Pastor Vako right now. He's in and out of the control room. And let him know how much you love him by uh, putting something on the chat fields. That'd be great. And make it a proper emoji. Make sure it's appropriate emoji this time. Hallelujah. We got a big week coming up this week as well because, of course, you heard about the event on, on, on Monday night and then Thursday night right here in the pavilion. We have a big worship night together. We try to do a <clears throat> excuse me midweek worship and prayer night once a quarter, and we're not going to do it this quarter so that everybody can invest their time and energy into, uh, into the worship space this Thursday night, and the Menehelet, the person in charge of the worship night, is here, and we're praying for you. It's going to be a great night. Thank you. Blessings to you and all the hard work that you and the team have put into the worship night. The Lord is going to be glorified in that. Grab your Bibles. It's time to dive into the Word of God. Are you ready for the Word of God tonight? A little underwhelming, but it's okay. It's okay. You'll, you'll warm up to it. I promise. Tonight is the final sermon in the series that we call Battlefields. And um, I just reminded myself, for those of you that are fathers and celebrate Father's Day, happy Father's Day, everybody. Proud of you, fathers. Fathers are under attack. That's why it triggered in my mind, because I was just talking about battlefields and, and who's under attack, and I was thinking about fathers and men are under attack right now. But we've covered so far battles at the end of the age, the physical battles here in the land of Israel, Armageddon, Jerusalem, etc. We discussed the battlefields in the heavenly realm, spiritual warfare in the heavenlies above us, demonic warfare, the battlefield of the mind, all of the battle that happens right here. This is where a lot of it's won and lost right up here. In the mind, we talked about the battlefield of truth. What is truth? The world would convince you that it's all relative and there's nothing constant. And that's, of course, yet another lie. We discussed the battlefield for our children and how much the enemy is trying to attack the children. In the last two weeks, we did a one in two parts of the battle for reality. And I just want to say for everybody that gave an overwhelmingly positive response I've never had a sermon series receive this much response in my 25 years of ministry. So thank you, everybody, who has sent in your thoughts, prayers, encouragements, extra verses, uh, testimonies have come in. Uh, Thank you for your participation. Let's keep that going. But if you didn't catch those last two, they're on the archive. Go back and look at them. We've uncovered some things you might not have thought about. and We entered some new territory, and that's all I'm going to say about that. You need to go check out the battlefield for reality. And tonight will be the final part in this series. Now, I'm going to do something a little unusual tonight in the sense that sometimes we do biblical study through a passage or a chapter, or sometimes we do a topical study, and this time we, we're certainly going to do a topical study because it's in the series, but I'm going to do a little bit more of a biblical survey tonight. What that means is we're going to cover a lot of different scriptures, that, more than we might normally cover, okay? So you won't be able to keep up with me, I promise. We're going to put them on the screen. They're going to be on the archive if you need to go back, because I'm going to, I'm going to need to build the context for all of these, these portions, okay? And the difference is that each one of these portions that we're going to look at are quite short, but there's a lot of them. That's why you won't be able to keep up. You say, Pastor Chad, some of us, English is not our first language. Can you go slower? No. <laughs> I cannot. I have tried so many times. It just doesn't work. So, all to, to all of our translators tonight, my sincere apologies. That's why I send you the notes ahead of time, so you can prepare. But listen, the Lord wants you to be victorious. Anybody agree with that? He wants you to be victorious, and He gives you lots of tools. Yesterday, I had the privilege of speaking at one of our Ethiopian congregations in the King of Kings family, Amuda Esh, Pastor Kokeb, and Pastor Atenau. They're doing a wonderful job. And we were discussing in the congregation all of the tools that the Lord has given us and how if you don't use the tools, they don't do a lot for you. Don't try to blame things on God when he's given you plenty of tools. And yet, if we don't tap into them, we don't use them, we're not faithful Don't turn around and try to blame God for that. He's equipped you. He's given you everything you need. And this lesson tonight is one more lesson to let us know that we are not alone. Don't worry, it's not a lesson on extraterrestrials or anything like that. We're not going that far out there. But you're not alone. The Lord has given you the Bible. Cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, that's the Bible. It guides you, it gives you boundaries, He's given you the Holy Spirit that empowers you. He's given you the local congregation that encourages you. He's given you friends and family around you to hold you accountable. Now, listen, the word of God guarantees that we are going to fight battles. Raise your hand if you agree with that. Good. That's everybody. I'm proud of you. That means you've been listening. It promises you you will fight battles and trials. So if you heard a different gospel, it's the wrong one. That's the right gospel. Now some of those battles will be external, meaning enemy, demonic forces, temptation of the world, they will come after you. And some of the battles will be internal. The battle for truth, the battle of the mind, the battle of the heart, that's all happening inside and you have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you deal with those things. But our goal today is to give you an encouragement that you're not alone and that you have one more helper And it may be more help than you think you have. Satan will consistently try to tell you that you are alone. That no one understands what you're going through. No one understands your trials, your temptations, or your battles. That's one of his tricks. And it's a lie. There's nothing new under the sun. And even when you're going through the toughest battles of your life, someone else is also going through that battle. There are others who can help you others who have testimony that can encourage you. There is someone who understands. There are others that fight with us. And so it's not just the things I've listed as helpers in these battles, but we're also given partners in the heavenly realm in the form of angels. I think we can underestimate angels. We hear about them. We think of them. They're out there somewhere. They're floating, right? The image. There there may be white robes, wings. I don't know what you're Picture is that's kind of what I get in my head, little flying winged creatures. But they've been a little bit of a controversy in the Bible for a little while. But as we go through the biblical survey tonight, I'm going to show you that there's no controversy. Angels are real, angels are not only real, they're very active. And I'm going to teach you tonight what God has appointed them to do. And I think you're going to be surprised at how much of their appointment has to do with you. You see, in the book of Acts chapter 23, our first verse tonight, Acts 23 verse 8, the controversy had already started. It says this in Acts 23 8, the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor spirits. But the Pharisees believe all of these things. And of course, later we understand that when the apostles are presented before the Sanhedrin to get the Sanhedrin to split and to fight amongst themselves. They bring up the resurrection and the angels, and then they start fighting. It's quite a good strategy by the apostles. Now, in light of Father's Day, I will give you the joke that my dad feels he is compelled to say every time this verse ever comes out in light of Father's Day, in honor of my Father. It's a groaner. That means it will make you groan. So do not laugh. Do not give him that satisfaction. You must groan at this joke. My dad says when you read the Bible and you find this out, that the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection, the angels or the spirits. That makes them sad, you see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You see, to my dad, I told you it was always a bad joke. My whole life, it's been a bad joke. He didn't believe me. Lucifer was created as an angel. He masquerades around like an angel of light, but through his sin and rebellion, he enticed other angels to follow in his defiance of God. Isaiah 14 gives us a little bit of the background of this in a picture, Isaiah 14, 12, How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are uh, cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. So we get a quick picture of what he was like, son of the morning, and how he was fallen from heaven. This is picked up when God cast Lucifer out of heaven, and then the rebellious angels followed as well. The book of Jude, verse 6. And the angels who did not keep their position of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. So there were other angels that followed Satan's lead. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. So now there's really no question angels are real. Angels were in heaven. Some are still in heaven. And others have chosen to follow Lucifer into hell. Let's be very clear. Hell was not created for humanity. So if you ever get that question from an unbeliever trying to trap you into how can a loving God do such harmful things or hurtful things, why would a loving God create hell a place of suffering? You have to remind them of the actual truth because that question is an inaccurate question. First, you have to fix the question. Satan loves to ask those kind of questions. It's the question that's wrong, first of all, because God never created hell for humanity. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you are cursed into the eternal fire that was prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell was never prepared for humanity. That's why for God so loved the entire world that he's inviting all of us to come into his dwelling place. But if you choose hell, out of an act of free will, he will allow you to pursue that. And according to Genesis 28, a little bit more background on these angels. Genesis 28, along with Job 1 and Job 2, we find out this interesting fact that in the past, at least, maybe today, angels had or still have the capacity to go back and forth from earth to heaven and heaven to earth. It means they're very active. That means they're not just static sitting in heaven. They're very active, up and down. As a matter of fact, in the book of Job chapter one, verse six, it says, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them. Then the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. So there's a little history. But Yeshua added something here in the gospel of John chapter one, Verse 51, Yeshua then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So it's not something unusual that they're doing. It's something that they've always done. You can go back to the story of Jacob and you can watch them go up and down as well. So it's not only that they're real, it's that they're active and they're in the heavenly realms right now. The rebellious angels are no longer in heavenly place. They're in the place of hell. Here's something interesting you may or may not know about angels. Angels can blend in and take a similar appearance to humankind. That's a pretty cool feature, right? Little shape-shifters, if you like that term. That was a younger person term right there, right? I had to ask my son what that was called. Hebrews 13, verse 2, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. All right, so all right, that's a pretty cool feature the angels have. Now, we also know that we as humans have experienced certain things that the angels have never experienced. Did you know that they do not relate with God in the same way that we do? We have a totally different style of relationship between us. We're we're two different types of creation. Now, they had free will at some point. You might say, how do you prove that angels had free will? Because they exercised it. They chose free will by rebelling against God. That was their choice. So they had free will at some point. But we still relate with God differently than they do because we experienced sin. They also, some of them experienced sin. We experienced temptation while they all had experienced temptation at some point. But what we experience that they don't is we experience redemption. There's never been an angel that experienced redemption. Right? The sinful angels went to hell. They didn't get to experience redemption. The faithful angels stayed faithful. The sinful angels stayed sinful. There was no return. That's something that we have, they don't have. We experience forgiveness, atonement, mercy, cleansing, all of these things, they don't have that experience. And the Bible tells that, that they're kind of curious about it, actually. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. There are some things that we have gone through, the angels have not, and one day, we will interact with them in such a way where they will inquire, they will sit down with an interview, they will interview you, and they will be like, tell me what it was like. You experienced sin and decay, moving toward death, and then you accepted Messiah Yeshua in your life, and you were redeemed. What is that like? We never experienced that. What is it like to be on the road to hell and then snatched by the love of God to come back? What's it like to have a loved one headed down the road to fire and God brings them back? Because when when our loved ones were headed to fire, there was no turning back for them. They didn't experience that. That's something you have, they don't. Let me give you our key phrase of the night. Angels have not experienced the decay of sin And then the redemption of God's work in their lives. Very unique to humanity. Faithful angels remain faithful, fallen angels remain fallen. Another interesting fact that they long to look into is that saved humanity, we are called heirs of the Messiah, heirs of the kingdom. Angels were never called heirs of the kingdom, they don't have that distinction. Romans eight seventeen. now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with the Messiah, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Angels do not have this distinction or title. Angels were never called priests either, and yet every believer in this room is called the priest of the most high. They don't get that designation. Now you can see why they're so curious, right? This group of humanity that Gets to experience things we don't get to experience, and they're heirs of the kingdom. They're priests of the Lord Most High. There's several verses about that. And to close off this this opening section of a summary of what angels do and who they are, 2 Peter Two verse 11. Yet even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not heap abuse on such things and beings when bringing judgment on them from the Lord. Did you catch it? In this current state, angels are stronger and more powerful than you. Now, why why was I specifically saying in this season? Because the Bible makes it clear that that won't always be the case. While angels already have the form that they're going to have, you, my friends, do not currently have the form you're going to have. They may be stronger and more powerful than you right now, but that may not always be the case. That's something to look forward to, right? Anybody been in the gym and been disappointed at your workout? No one works out in King of Kings. Okay, just good to know. Make a, make a note. Make a note. We have a new discipleship class starting in the fall. It's called Work Out, Exercise, Be Healthy. That's what it's called. I'm kidding, that's not the name of the course. It might be though. I'm thinking about it now, you know. So few people were involved in that feedback. Hallelujah. Let's talk about the hierarchy of the angels exactly. Now, certainly, Yeshua God is the creator. So that automatically puts him above all things, certainly above the angels. And we know that Yeshua made himself temporarily lower than the angels for the purpose of being our sacrifice lamb. Hebrews 2 verse 9, but we do see Yeshua, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. So this was temporary. He chose to be lower than the angels for just a short time so that he could be our sacrifice. The angels appear to be higher than us at the moment, but again, this will not always be the case. You might say, okay, I get the stronger and the more powerful part. Maybe we get our redeemed bodies. Maybe that changes the formula of the hierarchy. No, the Bible makes it very clear that in the future, the hierarchy will change. First Corinthians chapter six, verse three. Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? Listen, I have taught you, King of Kings, over and over because it's my life message that we are not in the dark. We know why we were created, and we were created to rule and reign with the Messiah. That's why you're called an heir and a co-heir of the kingdom. That's why in the age to come, those in the first resurrection, they reign with the Messiah for a 1,000 years. That's why you're being trained right now to rule and reign with the Messiah over his creation. That's why he gave Adam dominion of the earth. That's why he gave Noah dominion of the earth. That's been the plan all along, that you were created to rule and reign with the Messiah. It should not be a surprise that at the end of the age when things are perfected and you get your redeemed body, that you will judge the angels. Because it fits right into God's eternal plan of ruling and reigning with the Messiah. Know why you were created. You might say, well, then what do angels do? Well, here is one of the most encouraging verses. Did you know angels serve you? Now, certainly they serve the Lord. We're gonna to get to that in a moment. But they serve you. Hebrews chapter 1:14. are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? And you might say, Well, how do I know that's us? We're the only ones that inherited salvation. That's why I gave you the preface that fallen angels are still fallen. Faithful angels are still faithful. None of them inherited salvation. They've never experienced salvation. We're the only creation that fits that description. And because of that description, we get that verse, are not all ministering angels, spirits sent to serve Those who will inherit salvation, that's us. Angels were sent to serve us. Guys, it's not just the Bible. It's not just the Holy Spirit. It's not just the community. It's not just your friends. You have an army of angels fighting and serving you. They're fighting for you. They're sent on assignment for you. Someone needed to hear that encouragement tonight. Because when Satan shows up like Goliath, Ah, I'm big and scary. I'm so tall. I met with one of our our wonderful members uh, just before service. Guys, I'm going to steal this. I'm not going to say your name because I want to give you credit, but I don't want to say your name to embarrass you. So I'm giving you credit publicly. So don't say I didn't. But we were talking about the spirit of Goliath, the spirit of intimidation, and how... David, when he faced Goliath, wasn't even a king yet. He wasn't even a ruler yet. As a matter of fact, he didn't even make it to the army yet. That's how little trained he was at that time in warfare. Now, he had had testimonies and breakthroughs, right? Remember with the the lion and the bear? And when he was faced with this and he saw Goliath and the army of Israel melted away, nobody wanted to fight Goliath, that spirit of intimidation. I'm big, bad, and scary, and you can never defeat me. That's the spirit of intimidation. That's a demonic spirit. You have to understand, it wasn't that Goliath was just so tall. Yeah, he was tall, but that's not what was scaring everybody. What was scaring everybody was the demonic spirit of intimidation, and David saw through that, and David went and got his little stones, right, those five smooth stones, and remember, how many stones did it take to kill Goliath? One. Just remember that the next time you're fighting a battle and you feel intimidated. It took one from little David, one little smooth stone of truth, get down, Goliath. But the Bible says that he took five smooth stones, and what was in this dialogue with one of our members was the reason, or a a potential reason, for five, because there's a thought that, that Goliath had four brothers and David was about to take all, all five of them down that's how that's where his faith was not just, I'm not just going to hit one like that's that's one in a million shot right i'm going to hit all five but when you when you hit the demonic force with truth one time it doesn't just destroy Goliath but his brothers and all of the army goes down right that spirit of intimidation dies praise the lord The angels serve you, and even now they're serving us, and even though they're higher than us in the hierarchy at the moment, maybe they're a little bit more powerful, a little bit stronger than we are at this time. We have other verses that give us encouragement. Psalm 8, verse 3 through 5, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? you have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. So yes, I can defend that biblically, that in the hierarchy of things, it goes, God, angels, us, for now. And then below us, because we were supposed to take dominion of the earth, is the animals in the earth, right? That's below us. But it says, for a little while, we're lower for a little while. That means there's a day coming where this will flip and the servants who help us will actually be people that ask us questions. What did it feel like? You can say, thank you. Thank you for serving me. I appreciate it. Hebrews chapter two picks this up in verse seven. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet and putting everything under them, being us God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. Ah, that goes back to the defense of why you were created to rule and reign with the Messiah, that everything will be put under your leadership. Because right now, it's under Messiah's leadership, and he will delegate that to you. So you're in a training part of your life for ruling and reigning with the Messiah. Lots of good things about angels here. That's why I'm doing a a quick survey of the biblical text, and we obviously can't cover all of the the passages. But did you know there's lots of different types of angels as well? There's types. They have ranks and files and groups. There are worship angels. Some of them are in the throne room worshiping, and others of them are on earth worshiping God from earth. Psalm 148, verse 2, praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Do you remember at the time of Yeshua's birth, according to Luke chapter 2, it says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Revelation 5. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and in a loud voice. They were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Do some quick math, right? Tens of thousands, but then 10,000 times 10,000, right? That's what the scripture just told us. That's over 100 million angels, if you were wondering. Quick math. Now, there's probably more. Because that, that was just the ones at the throne, circling the throne. So the next time you feel alone, the next time you feel like the enemy's got you in a corner and he's beating you up and you can't find victory, I want you to remember how many people are on your side. How many beings are fighting for you and serving you. Over 100 million are on your side. Just remember that. In, Speak that out into the heavenlies. And guess who doesn't want you to know that? Satan. He does not want you to know that. He doesn't want you to know you have power of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to know you have power in your tongue. He doesn't want you to know you have power in laying hands on people in the name of Yeshua. He doesn't want you to know that he has very few weapons against you, and even if he forms them, they will not lay waste on you. He doesn't want you to know that, so he's gonna create this big charade in your life and be Goliath. I'm big and bad and scary, but remember all you need is one smooth stone of truth, and the whole army runs. There are messenger angels Gabriel is mentioned by name several times at the birth of John and the birth of Yeshua. There are two messenger angels in Genesis 18 that come with Yeshua, and they minister to Abraham, and then they go bring a message to Sodom and Gomorrah. Those are called messenger angels. There are war angels. The most notable one is Michael, the leader of the war angels. Daniel chapter 10 verse 12 says this, Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before the Lord your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. And then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So a prayer had gone up, an answer had come down, But that answer was sent with the messenger angel, came down with the message. That messenger angel hit the king of Persia, demonic spirit, and he couldn't go any further. So he texted Michael, Mike, I'm going to need you, bro. And here comes Michael, the leader of the war angels, and he comes down and he defeats the king of Persia so that the messenger angel can go all the way down to Daniel and bring the message. It should give you a picture of spiritual warfare in the heavenlies and how real these things are and how active the angels are on your behalf. Matthew chapter 26 follows this up. Do not think that I cannot call on my Father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. Talking about war angels. Yeshua is on the cross. Don't think that I can't get off this if I wanted to. Don't think I couldn't call on my father. Don't think I couldn't get 12 legions of war angels down here get me off this cross if I wanted to. Revelation 12, verse 7. Then war broke out in heaven. Guess who shows up? Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. It's almost like, who are you going to call? Give Michael a call. Like, that sounds like a great commercial, Right? Feeling intimidated by the enemy? Give Michael a call. Can't get an answer from heaven? Call Michael. 1-800 War Angel, <laughs> you know. I don't even know if that fits the numbers, but that would be cool if it did. 1-800 War Angel. I'm trademarking that. Then there are assignment angels, angels that are sent with specific assignments. Matthew 18:10. See that you do not despise one of these little children, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What does that mean? It means that children, and probably us, we have angels assigned to us. So it's not just the war angels in general. It's not just angels that serve randomly. There are assigned angels to you. You have them, and you've had them since birth. That's pretty cool. Now, we don't pray to angels, let me be really clear. You're not going away from King of Kings going, Pastor Chad preached a great message on how we pray to angels. That is not what I preached. Angels serve us, they're part of the team. And many of them are assigned to help you. But I don't think it's wrong to ask God if he can release them to help you. Psalm 103, 20, praise the Lord, you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Ose it means in Hebrew, the ones that do his words and do everything he asks. Matthew 13, the field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are the angels. They're on assignment. They help the Lord at the end of the age. Matthew 24, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. We can remember other assignments. Remember the angel of death at Passover, that was an assignment. Revelation 9, the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. They carry out an assignment. Psalm ninety-one, eleven: For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Are you getting this? God wants you to succeed so badly that he's giving you a long roster of tools to use. And one of those helpers are angels themselves. God sends them on assignment. There are war angels. There are messenger angels. There are assigned angels to you. And he commands them concerning you to guard you in all of your ways, to lift up your hands And of course, the enemy tried to use that one out of context with Yeshua in the temptation. If you are the son of God, he said, then throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And out of context, Satan used it and Yeshua gave them the truth and hit him with a smooth stone and then defeated his whole argument. They're assigned to protect us. So let's summarize this. Angels are assigned to help us in our time of need. Angels fight for us in times of battle, in spiritual warfare. Angels serve us as inheritors of the kingdom and inheritors of salvation. There are many things we experience that they do not experience, and they are curious about them. They long to look into these things that we know because we experience God in a different way than they ever have. And although angels might be more powerful than we are at the moment, we will one day rule in a higher position than they will, even to the point of judging them. We're not alone in our battles. The Lord is with us. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. The Bible lights your path in front of you. The community around you encourages you. We're all here doing this together but the angels fight for us and protect us. God wants you to succeed. Our closing verse tonight. Second Kings chapter six. Thank you, Pastor Paul, I'm gonna give you credit for this. Thank you, brother, for this. There was a king in Israel who had been backed into a corner and he was trapped in the city walls. And the prophet comes to him. And he's asking the prophet for a word from God. And the prophet says, the Lord has already spoken victory here. And the king could only see the invading army of thousands upon thousands. And he was intimidated, he was scared, and he saw no way out. And when he was losing heart, the prophet came to him, and this is what happened. He says to the king, do not be afraid, king. Those who are with us are more than those who are with our enemy. And then Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. That's what you need to go away with tonight. There are always more with us than there are with our enemies. There are always more angels with us than there are demonic powers with Satan. Remember, only a third of the angels fell. And by simple math, we know that we have at least 100 million angels on our side. You have every tool you need to succeed. You are certainly going to go through battles, but God has given you every weapon. And when you said yes to Yeshua, don't forget, he handed you a sword and armor, and he said, start fighting, because the victory is yours. Amen. Can you stand to your feet? Let me bless you with that prayer tonight. Father in heaven, we say thank you for your word, it's so clear, if there was any confusion tonight about angels or tools you've given us or how this battle is supposed to work, we thank you for clarifying it, God. We receive all of the gifts today. We receive your word as absolute truth. We receive the Holy Spirit as our guide. We receive the community as our encouragement. We receive our friends and mentors as our accountability and we receive the gift of angels. It's truly a gift. They serve us, they fight for us, they bring us messages. We say thank you, God, that any time from this point forward in our life, if we feel alone, if we feel overwhelmed in battle, we would always remember there are more with us than there are with our enemies, we pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. Let's worship into that for just a few minutes.